Well, hello, church. How you doing today? Good? Yes. Excellent. I would love first, I'm going to bypass you. I'm going to say hi to Seaside. Yes. Hopefully that's not all Seaside here. No, God's been doing amazing things at our campus over there. I'm the location pastor. And if you guys, you need to check that place out, man. God is moving. Amen. He is. I love to say hello to Halifax and our online crowd. We just love what God is doing. Don't you love technology? Yeah, it's good. A little more than that? No? That's good. Awesome. And again, I'd love to say just thank you to Pastor Brent. Don't we love our pastor? We do. He's on a little getaway with his woman. So that's cool. So lift him up in prayer, having some rest. Wasn't that an amazing message last week on rest? Yeah, if you haven't heard that, you need to go watch that. But yeah, I hope he has some rest this weekend, and uh, he'll be back here shortly. So, man, I love you guys, and I love the opportunity that I get to, to come up and share what God's put on my heart. And I really believe he's given me a word this week, and uh, you're going to hear it. Amen? All right, good. It was, I don't know, a few years, well, more than a few years ago, probably 10 years ago now, where my wife and I and a couple friends, we went on a little vacation, and we went down to a place called Jamaica. Anybody ever been? Okay. Anyway, we had a great time. It was unbelievable. And we went down there and I loved to snorkel. A few years before that, I was able to snorkel down in, in the Keys and it was absolutely amazing and beautiful. So I could not wait to get to this resort and do that. So we show up at this resort. We go to the gift shop and buy my snorkel gear, right? That's just because I'm a pro. Anyway, we get there and I go down and we're so excited and we go out and there's good snorkeling right off the beach, right? So it's just off the beach, just a little ways out and we're out there playing, me and my brother-in-law and a friend and we're snorkeling. We get a little braver and we go out around the corner, but still it's only from here to the back of the room and it's amazing and we're having a great time and I'm pretty much a pro skin diver by now. You know, I'm going down to the big marks, you guys aren't laughing. Anyway, the deep... <laughs> Anyways, it's, it's, we're having so much fun. And then there's like an area that's kind of roped in. It's, it's like a boardwalk that wraps around. And it's a big area. And we're in there, and I'm throwing like bread in the water, and the fish are coming to the girls, and they're all giggling. And I'm act, they're like, what about sharks? I'm like, oh, there's no sharks. Don't worry about the sharks. And I've already checked it out. I know it's fenced off. The area is fenced off, so I know that there's no sharks. And we're doing all that. We're acting all cool. And then there's a little boat that'll take you out in a little excursion. And again, it's really close, not far. So it's like, hey, let's go out there and snorkel. So we get on the boat, and the guy driving the boat's name's Dennis. And we're out there, and we're snorkeling around. And my buddy that's with me, we're kind of getting in the deeper water, and we're going down deeper. And, and as we're diving deeper, he keeps saying that his eye's hurting. I'm like, what are you talking about? So we go down, and I look at him, and his eye's like almost popping out. Like one of his eyes, and I'm like... Okay, man, so anyway, we get, he's over, he's done, he's in the boat, and the rest of us do it. So we get back in the boat, and Dennis says to us, he says, hey, guys, there's, a, there's like a, an old ship that's not far that's really cool snorkeling, and it's amazing. And I'm like, because he knows I'm the pro, he can tell, so he's talking to me. And my buddy's like, I'm out, because his eye's like popping out. He says, I'm done, I don't know what's going on with the pressure. And so they're going golfing tomorrow. Golf was in the resort, and I'm, man, do I ever wish I would have went golfing. So, you know, it's coming. So anyway, I'm like, oh, yeah, man, I'm in. Sign me up. So I go to bed that night, and, you know, you do what you do on vacation at night. And I was like, so anyway, get up in the morning, and I got some spring in my step. Ooh, baby, yes. So I wake up all refreshed, ready to go. I go to the gym because I got to work out because I'm going skin diving, and I got to get warmed up in shape. And, and I'm going down the stairs, and all the music's playing. Right, like the tropical music. Oh, man. And I'm going down, and it's just amazing. I got the flower thing on. That's Hawaii. I really don't. But anyway, I do. And I go down, and I, as I'm going down the stairs, I see the yacht. I'm like, praise the Lord. This is amazing. So I'm going down the stairs. I see the yacht. And as I get down there, I see Dennis standing there. 
by himself. First thing, by himself. So I go down and I'm like, hey, uh, so everybody else must be already on the boat and I'm cool, I'm excited. And I say, hey, Dennis, you know what's going on? I'm pretty much calling him like, hey, Denny baby now because we're, we're buds. And, and he's, he's like, oh yeah, man, we're going. And I said, where's everybody else? Oh, you're the only one today. Whew. So I'm like, oh, so I'm getting nervous a little bit, but I'm thinking the yacht's going to be amazing. I'm not going to pass this up. So there's a little dinghy that's going to take us out. So we go down, I get in the boat and the boat's in rough shape and there's a bucket of chum. Who knows what chum is like fish guts and stuff. So I'm in there. I'm thinking, mm. anyway, so we go out and, and I'm there and it's getting a little rough and I'm sitting in this little boat and, and we go by the yacht <laughs> and I'm thinking, Hey, uh, Hey, Denny, baby, where are, we, uh, where are we going? How far is this? He goes, not far. I said, no, no, how far is this? It's just like a couple miles down and a couple miles out. Oh my God. So I'm like, huh, really? I think we maybe should turn around. I'm thinking in my head, but there's too much pride, so I can't do that. And now I'm starting to get a little sick, and it's getting rough, man. It's like beating my guts out. Who sat in a little boat when it's rough? And you're banging, and I'm acting all cool, like no big deal, and everything's flopping everywhere, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, oh man, this is bad. So we get going, and we go way down, and then we go way out, miles out in this little boat. And finally, we get way out there. I can't even see the resort. I can't see the shore, and I can't see that yacht I wish it was on. And we pull up to this buoy, and he ties off to this buoy, and he says, we're here, get out. I'm like, uh, get out. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, we're here. And, and I said, well, same thing my wife asked. I said, what about the sharks? <laughs> right now it's a little different story. He goes, oh, the sharks won't bother you. <laughs> and I said, no, that's not the answer. I watched Jaws when I was seven, <laughs> right? Like when I'm in a swimming pool in the dark, I'm freaking out. I don't swim at lakes at night. Like I just can't do Jaws. Who watched Jaws at seven? Who watches Jaws? Who, what kids? Anyways, that's what's happening. So as I'm, as I'm getting crawling over the side of the boat, I'm ready to get in the water and I'm freaking out and I go under the water and that's good. I go, I go <laughs> surprise me. I go under the water and it was totally calm. The whole ride and everything scary out to that point, I immediately forgot. I still think about the sharks a little bit, to be honest, definitely a lot. But I'm down there and I'm by myself and all of a sudden the whole ride there, the process from here the excitement, the nerves, the lying of the whole thing, how awesome I am at this. And I get out there, once I get under the water, I experience something that I never really experienced. It was this old warship and there was like turtles and all these different animals. I'm not gonna pretend I know what they were, but it was unbelievable. I stayed pretty far away from them. I was a little bit of a scaredy cat, but it was still like really cool. And I snorkeled around there for a few minutes. And as I come up, it would be rough. And as I went down, it was absolutely beautiful. And isn't that true in life sometimes when we're going through life that in the process, we never get to experience the experience because we quit in the process, right? Like if I would have turned that boat around or told him to go back, I would have never experienced that. I would have been embarrassed in front of my wife and, and friends, would have just been a mess. But because I went through this process, because I was willing to trust old Denny baby, that he knew that he wasn't just gonna off me out there somewhere or, or whatever, that I understood that I needed to go through this process to get this experience. And I don't know where you're at in your life, but that has been so true in my life that I seem to over and over through my life miss out on things because I wasn't willing to push through the tough times to experience what God has for me. 
The title of what we're going to talk about today is called Stage Fright. And I know every different stage of life, we all go through them. And if we, if we can't figure out how to push through, if we can't figure out how to apply God's truth or good advice or friends to those different stages, we're going to bail. We're going we're gonna to skip out on it. We are. We need to understand that we'll only reach our potential through the process. Process happens. And, and we all want more money, right? Hey, man, I'm the first one. I'll put two hands up. Right? I want more money. I want better relationships, stronger marriages. I want to be a better parent, better Christian. I want more healing in my life. I want our situations to change. But we quit in the process and we turn around before we get to the experience. See, there's process to experience. But when it gets rough, it gets real. We just don't push through. See, if I would have turned around, I would have never experienced it. And I'm not sure where you're at in the process of life, but who agrees that it's from here to here, and life is process. We experience healing, there's more process. We accept Jesus into our heart, and it changes everything, process. I don't know where you're at. It could be divorce, and you're trying to stay pure, process. You've been sick, process. You're newly married, process. You're oldly married, process. Your kids are moving out, right? Your, your kids have been home for 20 years and they're moving out and you look at your wife and you say, hi, I'm Adam. Hi, I'm Julie. How are you doing? Haven't seen you in 20 years. Do you want to hang out? Yeah, okay, sure. Like, let's go do something. You're getting to know each other. And that's a real thing. Tons of divorce happens after kids. So how, how do we handle that process? How, how do we deal with that? I believe that Jesus can heal in an instant. I totally do, and I, but, I, but I also believe in process. Like for me, I was an electrician, and there was no way I was gonna get that job. If a job went out to tender, bid, if I didn't bid the job, guess what? Never get the job. And guess what, if I never did the work, I never got the money. It's a process, and it's real. And I don't care if you're a businessman or an addict. Process is part of our life, and I believe with all my heart that Jesus can heal in an instant. I believe that he can heal you, he can change you, he can transform you. I believe that. I believe we're forgiven for past and future sins. Man, I, I do. But one thing for me is I'm a process preacher. I am, I'm a process. I believe, I've seen it over and over where people get healed. And they leave and they're excited. And they're not willing to go through that process that Jesus is going to take them through. And we fall away. It's been true in my own life. And you know, you can't. I know, I've been around long enough to know. I'm not that old, but I'm almost 40 years old, and I've lived enough life to understand that process is real. There's good, there's bad, but it all is process. I've, I've seen it come, I've seen it go. I, I have stories of business guys, I have stories of addicts, like my dad's a business guy, and I remember when he bought, I don't remember, but he told me a story, he bought his first building, and he said, I'll never be able to pay for that. I'll never be able to pay for it. You go through the process, step by step, trusting in Jesus, and he gets you through that. We need to bring Jesus into every process you're going through. For me, I was an addict for years. I was an addict for years, and I could tell you there was a day where I drew the line and said, I'm done. I'm done with the drugs. I'm done. I put that aside, and Jesus healed me then. And that would be a healing story. And people would look and say, man, that was healing. Unbelievable, amazing story. But I can tell you, the process after that was insane. 
It was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. But because I brought Jesus into that and said, Jesus, you did heal me, and I'm going to follow you through this process, my life started to change over and over, and that can be true for you. But we need to understand what the process is. Let's all agree, if, if what you have not hoped for, if what you have hoped for has not happened yet, then you are living in the process. Right? If it hasn't happened, what you really want, then you're living in the process. So the question we ask today is how do we survive the process? How do we survive this? How do we not quit? How do we reach our potential through this life called process? How do we reach it? And today we continue our story in Mark. We've been having some amazing messages and stories through Mark and I've been enjoying it big time. And, and as I read it this week, to be honest, I've been going through a process of my own and, and, and it's just been, I just had to really lean and rely on him. And as I read this story, I believe God just gave me a word for our church, gave us a word for, for Halifax and Seaside. And today as we talk about this, I really believe if you take some of these principles, it can drastically change your situation and it can carry you through. So we're gonna read a few verses. We're gonna start in Mark chapter three, verse one. They'll come up on the screen. Jesus went into the synagogue again and noticed a man with a deformed hand. Jesus went into the synagogue and noticed a man with a deformed hand. And we're gonna to jump to number three. Jesus said to the man with a deformed hand, come and stand in front of everybody, in front of everyone. And we'll jump to verse five. He looked around at them angrily and was deeply saddened by their hearts. Then he said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored. One of the other versions would say he stretched out his hand and in the stretching it was healed as he stretched out his hand. And I love this story because in the synagogue days, back then, if you had some type of deformity, you were pretty much considered just quick words as a sinner and you weren't allowed in there. So how this guy got in there, I don't know. And we're not really looking at that today, but there was a process for this man, right? You agree? Right? Everyone say process. process. All right, you're tracking. So there was a process for this guy. And he had to go in. So Jesus was with him the whole way through. Did we see that? Jesus noticed him. Jesus called him. Jesus told him to stretch his hand out. Jesus was there the whole time. So he had to stand in front of people. And if we look at each stage that this deformed hand man went through, and if we break it down and understand these different stages, I believe that we won't just wander through life. I believe that we can have healing I believe that we can press through when we feel like we can't. Whatever stage you're at, whether you're ready to give up or you're ready to take new risk, I believe God wants to show you something special and call you to something new. So how do we survive the process? How do we reach potential? If we get to the point of quitting, I've seen this over and over in, in dear friends' lives, in my own life, and, I, and you guys will relate to this. If we get to the point of quitting, we typically look in the wrong spot for answers. If you, if you get to the breaking point, you typically look in the wrong spot for answers, right? But I find that we can reach new levels of potential while in the process if we have a solution. So as you're going through, if you have a solution before the problem comes or as the problem comes, I believe you can apply that solution and overcome the problem. Otherwise, you, that way you don't quit. So if you apply this, you'll be able to push through. If we look at this story in Mark, 
we see Jesus take a man with a deformed hand, a man that was just kind of scum, he was nothing. We see him take this man and through a process of transformation, he's healed. And if we look at a few parts of this story and apply them, I believe that we can achieve ongoing transformation and walk in a new level of potential. Amen? Right? Everybody agree that process is a part of life and that it can get real tiring sometimes and we turn to things because we don't know what to turn to. You know, we're asking, where is God in this, this situation? Where is God? I, I just feel like I cannot continue. You know, I pray to him, I talk to him, and I, and I just, I get confused. I don't know what is going on. I'm expecting what this person has, and I can't get it, and I'm trying, and I'm trying, and I just can't get it. In the first verse, Mark chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Jesus went into the synagogue, and he noticed a man with a deformed hand. Again, some versions say withered hand, or say shriveled up hand. You are seen. What I love about this is you are seen, and Jesus sees us in process. All right? Jesus sees us in process. He's not supposed to be in there. He's not welcome, and Jesus sees him. The thing I love about this is he just didn't see a deformed hand on a man. He actually saw the man with the deformed hand. He saw the man first, and I believe that in our own life, that many of us come in here and we, we just want to be noticed. We want to be seen, and we feel like we're not. We're just craving attention, and when we don't get it, we look for it in the wrong spot. We want to be seen. For the person that's broken and has nobody to turn to or believes that nobody sees them, I've been there. And we do a whole bunch of things to get attention and, and attract attention. And, and this guy was in the synagogue, and Jesus noticed the man. He noticed the man with that deformed hand. We don't have to try to get somebody's attention. There's a version of you that Jesus sees that is actually calling you towards something much greater. He sees things through a different lens of potential. He actually sees a version of you that you don't even know. I don't care if you're 75 or 95 or 15 years old. I don't care where you're at or how much money you have in the bank or how much money you don't have in the bank. He's calling you to something better. He sees a version of you that you would not recognize. I don't care if you have it all together and your family, like things are actually really good at home. Like maybe you're one of those things are going well, but he's actually calling you to something so much greater that you wouldn't even recognize it. God sees you how you are and he sees you how you aren't yet. I love Pastor Brent told me this. It's like we're pre-great, right? Like I'm pre-great. Like that's pretty great. Like he sees something that I don't see. And when we start to believe that, our whole focus on our life starts to change. Everything starts to change and look different. God is noticing me. He's noticing you. And he's calling me to something he's designed me to be. And I need to trust him in that. And I need to believe him in that when I don't see it. And I believe if you, if you believe that, when you feel like you can't go on, and these, these things I'm going to talk about, they're not in any order. They need to be together. The things we need to understand, that he sees you and he's with you. He sees you. Waiting to see what you're going to do. How far are you going to go? Will you walk up front and get prayer? He sees you. He's calling you. Love what it says in Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. 
2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, you are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. We need to wear that. We need to understand that. We need to see his word and believe it. Ephesians 2, 10, for we as workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared for us beforehand. I was watching, uh, I, was, I love YouTube. Actually, I have two sons. I have a wife. Julie, she's a good kisser. She's right there. Um, but I, uh, and it's funny, uh, YouTube, like one of my sons, his name is Fortnite. The other guy's name's YouTube. So um, my name's YouTube too. So anyway, I was watching YouTube and this video came on. It was like six years old. And as I was prepping for this and it just totally blew my mind. And I want to share it with you. I'm going to have Pastor Dan come up. He's one of my spiritual fathers for sure. And just to help me illustrate this. And as I was watching this, I just was mind blown. Who here, is anyone here colorblind? No one, anyway, I'm not colorblind, but it was absolutely amazing. They're, they've invented glasses, fascinating glasses that actually, for colorblind people, I'm not saying the names, they didn't pay me enough, but colorblind people that you can actually see color, right? And, and as I was studying this word, I seen this, and the guy opens them up, and he, and he puts the glasses on, and, and he's, there, he's there with his dad, right? He's there with his dad, and he's a kid. And he puts these glasses on, and, and they're all kind of going on. They don't know what's going on. The kid doesn't know. And, and he puts them on, and he, and he takes them off, and he, and he looks at his father, and he, and he puts them on, and he starts to weep, and he's crying. And, and for the first time, Pastor he saw something that he didn't even know. And you know what the cool thing was? Is all the dead stuff was still there, but he saw the color, and he saw something amazing. And he put them on. And he goes over to his dad, and, and he just hugs him. And, and they weep. And you know what the dad did? Thanks, thanks Pastor Dan. You know what the dad did? Is he, is, he, is he wept with them. He wept with them. He just totally kept crying and crying. And as I saw that, I said, man, if I could just have a glimpse of the beauty that God sees in me, if I could just believe that, that he sees something that I don't, I would forever be changed. When I'm in a situation that I can't handle, like this little kid, and he put these on, and he gets on his knees, and it's just, he's overwhelmed. And I can tell you right now, he didn't think about the dead things that he used to focus on, and the brown things, and the gray things, that he's seen this magnificent color. And he walked around the yard, and he looked, and he was just magnificent, and his mom and dad are just weeping. And I just saw God putting a new lens on me, putting a new vision on me, not only how he sees me, but how I see the world through his eyes. And all the brokenness and all the things that I just can't even stand and the things I get consumed by. Because the world tells us a ton of lies. And, and it just clouds our vision. It, it, over and over we go through life and this person gets hurt and this one gets hurt. And we gossip about this and, and do things. like It's just comparing yourself to others. And it just clouds our vision. And seeing this young boy just look for the first time through and, 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 the, and his father just weep over him totally changed me in that moment. I wept and I thought, God, if I could just see a picture of that, if our church could just see the beauty and the colors you see in us, we would be forever changed. Maybe you've been shriveled up for years. I don't know what part of you is, is just dead. Maybe you've been coming to church and you haven't experienced Jesus. You haven't prayed with somebody in forever. You haven't led anybody to Jesus. Your coworkers don't even know you love God. I'm telling you that's blocking your vision and that's not who God sees you. That's not how he sees you. We get stale. We go through life, especially when things are good. When things are good, God loves you and he's calling you to more. 
I love what Jesus did with the disciples. He surrounded them in presence and power. He surrounded the disciples with his presence and his power and used them in significant ways. And when they did, they, they saw the way that he designed them to live. He, they saw something different and they believed in Jesus and they believed that he saw them something different. He, he, they believed that there was something more for them. Even when they were falling off and denying him and doing things that they understood that there's something different. And they began to follow him. I love it says in Mark chapter three, Jesus said to the man with a deformed hand, come and stand in front of everybody. We need to be able to stand. Taking a stand is part of the process. You need to see who you are in Christ and he sees a level of you that you don't even know and he's gonna call you to stand. He's gonna call you to stand. This man was in there and he's walking around the synagogue, I'm sure, and, and Jesus saw him and he's up front and people are trying to set Jesus up. That's Pastor Brent preached a lot on that last week and he tried to set him up on the Sabbath. He comes in, he says, hey man, you come here, Right? Come here, like you come right here. No, I'm joking. But um, like, come on, like imagine, right? And he's like, whoa, I better hide. Yeah, sure. No, no, you, you come here, sweeping. No, you come here. And the guy comes on up. And, and the thing I love is the guy says, come on up. And Jesus was with him there. Jesus didn't haul him up there and leave him. Jesus, when he calls you to take a stand, he is with you. He is with you. He, he, he wants to guide you. He wants you to experience what he has for you. It says in Deuteronomy 31, uh, verse 8, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid or do not be discouraged. You will have to stand. He is going to call you to an uncomfortable place. And he is with you in that uncomfortable place. This guy's up on the stage and Jesus is with him. He's calling you. I don't think that our issue for most of our church, a lot of our people coming, is believing in Jesus. We've seen a ton of people come to faith. I've had the privilege of leading lots and watching them pray and accept Jesus and lives being transformed. I think the big problem we have is believing in ourselves. That Jesus really has the power to do something in you. That he really has the power when you're doing something nervous, when you're scared, that he'll follow through, that he'll be with you. That, and through that process of standing up and taking a stand for him in places that you've never stood before and you're scared, that he'll be with you. And once you start to understand that you take that stand because there's something greater on the other side, once you do it a few times and you see the fruit, you do it again and you start to see things. Things start to change. The same God that sees you the way you don't see yourself is the same God that stands with you when he calls you. I love what it says in 1 Peter, so the passage here, it says, humble yourselves before, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Down to verse nine, resist him, standing firm in the faith. Resist Satan because he's like a roaring lion, it says before that. Resist him, standing firm in faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings and that the God of all grace has called you to his eternal glory in Christ. You know how you resist the devil? Like people say resist the devil. You know how you resist the devil? We expose what he wants to hide. And he cannot have you do that. You need to expose what he wants to hide. Like, he cannot have you telling people about Jesus. Do you realize that? It's not like he's trying to stop you. 
He can't let you do it. That's his full mission. And our full mission is to tell people about Jesus. So you can imagine the fight. So how do we defeat him? We hear all, like, oh, you need to be able to show people that what Satan has done or what he's caused in your life is not keeping you back. We need to go public. To have God transform you, you need to go public. My mentors, spiritual fathers, the people I look up to, the people that I want faith like, they go public. Is it scary? Oh yeah, it is scary. Remember in, my, in the early years of my journey, it was, it was terrifying. But as I started to stand and go public, man, I, I started to see some fruit. And I was like, oh man, I need to do this. I was at a thing this week and I saw a friend of mine stand up in front of a crowd that he did not need to stand up in front of. He did not need to share what he shared. But he knew that through this process of sharing what was going on in his life, that he would have another level of freedom. That if he stood up for Jesus and showed his hands, showed his weakness, that God would elevate that and it would defeat Satan, that it would give him a power that he maybe never had over that. Do you guys understand? That you need to get out there. You need to show people what's going on. You need to get vulnerable. You need to get real. You're standing for him. You're supposed to stand for Jesus like this. No, man. I took a needle out of my arm. I'm telling everybody. Like, praise God. Like, come on, dude. Like, he loves you more than anything. And he's causing you and he's calling you to stand. Second Timothy says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given you a spirit of fear. That fear and that thing that you feel inside, that's not of him. But he wants you to call you. He wants you to walk through that process. There's no way to go around it that you need to walk through it. You can't skip it. You're going to have to go through those nerves. You're going to have to go through that fear, like stage fright, literally stage fright. I remember stage fright, like stage fright. And I, I'm telling you, if I didn't believe in my spiritual mentors, my fathers, and say, you know what, I trust you on this, I'm going to stand for him. I, actually, I was going to say, who knows? I know where I would be. And you know where you're at or you know where you'll be if you don't take a stand. You've been living life a long time and living a lot of life and not standing for him and you're expecting different results. You don't see yourself the way he sees you. You're not willing to stand for him when he calls you, yet you're expecting total transformation. Come on. You guys are smart people, I can tell. I can see, like Chuck's smart, Anthony's smart. Like you're smart people. Standing out for him, I was at the gym. I might have told this story before, but it's happened a couple of times. But this specific time, I was at the gym, and I'm on the treadmill. I love telling you I go to the gym. You've probably noticed. So I was at the gym, and uh, I'm on the treadmill, um, and I'm just kind of watching some things and listening and praying, and, and I'm just in a, in a spot, man. I'm just, I'm just, you know, the spot. I don't have to explain. And, and tears start running down my face. And I'm crying, and there's a lady beside me. She's just a sweet old lady, and she grabs my arm and says, "Hun, it's okay. It's okay. And, I, and at that moment, I could have done one of two things. I could have said, yeah, I'm okay. Thanks. But I didn't. And in that moment, I said, I know it's okay because he loves me, and he loves you. I said, Jesus loves you, and he loves me, and he's bringing me through some stuff that I never thought I could go through. So like I, I like telling you I go to the gym. So the next day I was at the gym. So the next day I'm at the gym. Went two days in a row. Wow, can you tell? So I'm at the gym. And this lady comes in. And she comes over to me. This time I'm lifting weights. Anyway. So I'm over. And she comes over. And, and she says, 
I just wanted to let you know that I was really going through some things, and I forgot how much Jesus loved me. And it's been a lot of years since I heard somebody tell that. Take a stand for him, because not only what it did for her, what it did for me, is I couldn't wait to get back in that treadmill crying. Right? I couldn't wait to get, so I'm still waiting. I was there today. Told you I went to the gym again. I was there today, and I was waiting for somebody to get on there so I could just tell them. I was like, oh, man, they need to know about Jesus. We need to be excited of what he's done in our life. We need to testify. We need to get vulnerable. You're going to have to go public. He says in Mark 3, hold out your hand to the man. He says, hold out your hand. No, I'm good. Hold out the good hand. No, the other hand. No, I'm good. No, hold, hold out your hand. Not that hand. How about my foot? No, no. Hold out your hand. Well, just heal it, man. I'll just keep it in my pocket. Just heal it. I, I'm assuming you're Jesus. No one here likes you, so you must be Jesus. So hold out your hand. So he holds out his hand. And in the holding out, in the fear of pulling that thing out of his, what did they wear? Cloak? Thing? Dress? So... He pulls that out, and as he pulls it out and stretches it out, God heals it. He says, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand, and it was restored. Stretch out your hand, it says in the ivy. Stretch it out. He stretched it out, and the man was completely healed. We need to stretch. The restoration happens in the stretching process. That's one of the things. We need to be understand that we're seeing things and he sees things different in us that we don't see. You're going to have to stand for him and that's going to cause you to stretch. Lots of life. Jesus says, hold out your hand. Stretching. Most miracles happen in the motion. I've seen those. We see healings. I think there was somebody last week healed of cancer. Like, praise the Lord. Like, come on. And we see that, but most times they need to walk and say, I need prayer. Can that, you need to reveal what's going on. It's going to stretch you. You want to have peace in the process? You want to have peace in the process you're going through? So when you start to get stretched, you need to understand that God's doing that stretching or the stretching, he is in it. If it's you're stretching yourself, he is in it. And when you understand that, you won't turn the boat around. When you understand that, you know what? He is stretching me. Okay, God, you're with me. You're with me. Pressure comes in stretching. It creates pressure. Stretching creates pressure. I was at the gym the other day again. Holy cow, this is actually getting embarrassing now. But anyway, I was a few days ago, I seen somebody, uh, listen, I got ADD and I was an addict and that gym releases stuff in my brain that trust me, you want me to go. So anyway, um, I'm there and I see this person stretching. And of course I'm studying for this and I see them stretching. So I signed up for the stretching course. Because I knew I couldn't get up here and lie to you. I had to do it. So I go to the stretching course. And this lady's a gold medalist. And she's got one, two, not a gold medalist. She's won two medals in the Olympics for speed skating. And she starts to stretch me. And it hurt bad. Like, I can't lift this. That's it. Right? That's it. Starts to stretch me. And it's hurting bad. And I understood that the pain and the stretching. And it reminded me how, how painful that can be. And she said, can you touch your toes? I said, that's easy. No problem. No. Can you touch your toes? So I, I couldn't touch my toes as she stretched. And after that, I was feeling good, touching my toes, walking around. felt amazing. Pressure comes in stretching. Pressure isn't always added because of problems. Sometimes pressure is added because of how God wants to use it. Right? Pressure isn't always added because of problems. 
So when you're feeling the pressure to stretch or the pressure in the stretch, it's because God is calling you through the process. He's calling you through the process to the experience. And then we do it again. He's calling you through that process. It says in Philippians 3.12, not that we have all attained this. Paul says this, or we've already arrived at my goal, but I press on. I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, I love preaching this verse, forgetting what is behind and straining to what is ahead. I press on towards the goal. I press on, I strain towards that goal. I press on to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenly word. Paul says, press on, straining forward. You have to understand when you feel pressure, the stretch is part of the process. Kids, work, I was with a friend this week, not at the gym, and uh, uh, we were driving, he's like, how you doing, he's an accountability partner guy, and I've got a whole team of accountability partners, I need it, and we're talking, he's like, so how's it going? And I said, uh, I said, it's going good. It's going good except for life. <laughs> he's like, it's going good except for your life. I said, that's pretty broad, I'm thinking, yeah, and that's kind of the truth, man. I'm being stretched to pieces financially, same as you guys, right? It's always something, you know, I had electrical business. We closed it down. We're trying to figure things out and I can't hide behind this pulpit. I can't hide underneath my desk. I need to deal with this. I'm being stretched, but I could, the reason I could say I'm doing good, but life, other than life is because I know that as God brings me through this stretch, that there's something waiting for me. That's absolutely amazing. That it's just amazing that I know that if I quit, I'm going to miss out. I know, I know I'm gonna miss out because he sees me and he sees you and he asks you to stand boldly for him and he stretches us to pieces. Last night, I'm a, my son uh, has a few nightmares and a few things like kids do, nothing extreme. And every night we put him to bed, he says, dad, mom, what do I think about? And we're like, Arizona, he's gonna be a missionary and travel the world preaching, which is cool. Um, he's eight years old and he does this. So anyway, we put him to bed, he's thinking of a few things and, and we get back up and he, he starts yelling, he's having scary dreams. So I come down and I'm sitting with him and I'm praying with him and doing the pastor thing. So anyway, really I want him to go to sleep so I can go see my, my bride, get to bed. I'll tell you what you need to hear. But anyway, you know what he says to me? He says, dad, I got a picture in my head. I can't get rid of this scary picture. He says, give me some pictures of Jesus, eight years old. So I go and he says, are they real pictures of Jesus? I said, no, but they're what people think he looks like. And, and he starts looking at them and he finds one and he stares at it. He's eight years old and he understands that if he sees Jesus and he puts that image in his head, that it changes. And if you have that image in your head and you start to see these things, when you're stretched all to pieces, it's not gonna happen. You'll be able to do it. I love what, mm. I feel his presence, you? Man, it's good. You know how I'm getting over stage fright? Because I started to believe his presence was in that process. And he was taking me somewhere that I had no idea where he was taking me, but I believed it was way better than where I've been. I knew when I look back, I know I'm not what I was. And neither are you. If you made it here tonight, you're not who you were before you came in, your choice. 
And if I walk with God in process, he will change me and conform me to the image of Christ. John 15, 5 says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And I love how it says can do. It doesn't say you can't do anything. It says you can do nothing. So we can go through life doing nothing. And if it's not, if Jesus isn't in it, it's nothing. Your business, nothing. Your recovery, nothing. Your home life, all this, nothing. You can do nothing apart from him. He needs to be in everything. I have a friend of mine that I've been watching him work through process. I've been watching him work through this. And I remember it wasn't long ago, he came right down here to the front and accepted Jesus. And his, uh, I'll never forget his sweaty hand. Oh, my soul. Sweaty. And he comes and, he, and he's shivering and he's shaking. And I was like, woo. So he does. And, and we pray and he accepts Jesus into his heart. You know, the same grace that saved you is the grace that's with you today through this. That that doesn't change. The same power. Who remembers when they accepted Jesus? Like, come on. Boys, a lot of you are getting saved after church. That's cool. Um, like, it totally changes. Totally changes you. And I led him to Jesus right here. And we prayed in the sweaty hands. And I remember telling him who he was in Jesus and how much God loved him. And he began crying. And he began to show me his hand. Began to show me his struggle. And God started to change him. And you know, I knew that in that moment he accepted him and I knew it was gonna be a change, but I'm watching him. I love to watch people in the process and I don't wanna hover them. You don't need me to sit in a coffee shop and tell you how much God loves you. You know what I mean? He loves you. Get past that. He has something for you. And I watch this guy as he's going and, and he comes. You guys wanna know what I see? No? Do you wanna know what I see? So he comes, I see the guy he comes in and he sets a bunch of chairs up. He serves. He gets everything ready for different ministries he's involved in. He's plugged in and he goes out in the hallway and he sits on the floor and he weeps because he just can't go on. He can't do it. And then you know what I see? I see him get up, stack all the chairs, put stuff away, go back in the hall and weep because he's going to his family. He's a single dad. He just doesn't know what to do. And he gets back up. And then you know what I see him do? I see him show up on the west side at Seaside, hey guys, and he, and he just sets stuff up again and gets up. And I know that if you continue to stand up for Jesus and bring him into that process, God's gonna change him forever. And he's trusting Jesus. He knows we need to do what we need to do to get through the process. We need to bring God into that. A few years ago, my, um, my grandfather was passing and it was so funny, he sat right here and it was I think the first time I preached and I was sitting there in his suit like a real Christian and uh, it was amazing. And I go down to see him afterwards, and, and I remember he takes me by the face, and he says, Adam's gonna be okay. And you know why he said that? Because he understood I was working the process. He knew I wasn't perfect. He knew that, and, and you know what? Two days after, he had a stroke. And uh, we had a couple wonderful months with him before he passed, and as I was sitting with him, and many of you have lost people, but I really started to notice something, how much he loved Jesus. There was something different with him in that bed knowing he was going home like he's in Bobby's hospice you don't come out like this is gonna it's happening in the presence I felt around him I knew that he saw something I didn't see how can you be so calm he's preaching at me and saying I can't wait to go to glory and see your grandmother and I can't I'm like dude I want to get you home let's pray for healing he's like oh and he's just praying and I began to 
just see something that I never saw. I realize he saw something I didn't see. And he tells me, he says, just tell people about Jesus, Adam. Tell people about Jesus. And he gave me his Bible. And look at this thing. You think he read it much? He had about 10 of them all wore out. And he gave me this Bible. And I looked at it and I was like, man, crazy. Like you spent some time in this. And this week, as I was looking through it, I keep it in my office. As I started to flip through, I, I was just thinking, and I, and I opened it up, and I started just reading some of the words that were highlighted. Like just some of the things that he underlined. And I'll read some. Like one is peace with God. Have access by faith to this grace. Rejoice in the hope, glory, and tribulation. Love God. Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. His love towards us. Christ died for us. Grace of God. Free gift. Like this stuff's all through this thing. His mercy, power, Holy Spirit, predestined, glorified, against us. What shall separate us from the, from the love of Christ? I just looked at these words and I was ready. I said, this is how this man made it through that process. He understand who Christ was in his life. And I would love to be able to go down and take you by your face and say, you're going to be okay. You understand that he sees you and he loves you so much and you're going to be okay. He's going to stretch you. Isn't he, guys? There's going to be times you're going to be on your knees and think there's no way I can do this. But if you understand that he sees you, through a different lens. And if you're willing to take a stand for that man that loves you and gave his life for you, he's gonna rejoice and he's gonna give you a power that you've never seen. We're gonna sing a song, I'll have you stand. Jesus has a new level of potential for you. And we're gonna praise and sing our way there tonight. It says in this song, God, I look to you and I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, give me the vision to see things how you do because I don't see clearly. I get caught up in this world and get deceived. Don't let me see the dead things. Let me see the life that you want to give. Surround me with Christians that, that are on fire for you. One of the things my grandfather said, you hang around dead people, you'll be dead. Put a group around me. Let me seek out the individuals. I'm going to hang out up front and pray with these guys because I, you know what? I'm going to bug them to hang out with them. What can I do? How can I get involved? I'll lay in the hall and cry my face off. God, give me a vision. Give me a word. Be with me. Stretch me. Pull me because I know that through that stretching, I'm going to experience you. God, I look to you. There's no way I'll be overwhelmed. Give me a vision to see things like you do. God, I look to your where my help comes from, give me wisdom. You know just what to do. He knows what to do. Whatever situation you're in tonight, whether you're stretched or pulled, whether you're ready to make a new business decision, invest a bunch of money that you're scared to invest, whether you're an addict here tonight and you're scared to death to tell your wife you've got a withered hand that you've just hidden and you're not willing to show anybody, he sees it and he loves you. He loves you. And if you'll show him it, if you'll pull it out and show him that hand, if you'll stretch it out, he'll restore you. And he'll walk through the process with you. God, we love you and we praise you so much for who you are. 
for the person tonight, God, that needs to receive you, God. I pray that they'll just, as we sing this song, God, they'll just accept you into their heart, God. They'll say a simple prayer like, Jesus, I need you. I want you. I surrender my life to you. I've been going the wrong way and I need some help. I trust who you are. Bring me into my life, God. For the person that's in the process that just feels very confused and not where to, doesn't know where to turn, what decision to make, God, I pray that they just understand. Do you see them? They need to stand and you'll stretch them. And that's part of the process, Jesus, that they know your love is bigger and, and just so much greater than any situation we're in. God, as we sing this song, we praise you and we love you in Jesus' name.